Praise the Lord. Let's gather on in, get started with our worship service. And Amen. All right. Uh, just a few announcements. Uh, the cookout is going to be at our house today following service. We are going to provide the burgers, the buns, the condiments, and water. So if you want something other than water to drink, bring your own drink. But then whatever you like to eat that you would like to share, bring that. Bring yourselves and a smile. <laughs> uh, this Wednesday, we are going to have Brother Schmelzer here uh, ministering to us. So make sure to be here. 6.30 prayer, 7 p.m. service. And looking ahead, August 2nd, Brother Booker, um, our district superintendent, is going to be ministering here to us. That is actually a Tuesday. So August 2nd, Tuesday, that will take the place of our midweek service. So be sure to put that on your calendar so you can be here for that. And then just uh, a reminder that our Move the Mission offering deadline will be August 21st. Amen. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
sucks. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. So thankful, Lord, that the fullness of the Godhead is right there in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
praise God. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. It is the only name whereby we can be saved. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. There is none else. You sit upon the throne. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are one. Your name is one. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your so great salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that when I was a long ways off, you died for me. You loved me. You loved me when I hated you. You loved me when I was in direct rebellion against you. And you suffered on a cross and you died in my place that I might have forgiveness of sins. That I might have a covenant relationship with you. And that I'd have the hope of eternal life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You alone are worthy of our worship. You alone are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are my God, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. You are the lover of my soul. You are my exceeding great reward in whom I trust. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve, church. What a wondrous God we serve today. There was a time where I didn't have this hope, where I did not know the Lord my God. But today I do, and my equipment is malfunctioning. It's a beautiful day. I got a backup. Praise God. Amen. This is still God's service. I'm a small part of it. Thank God. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Praise God. <clears throat> Before we start, I'd like to welcome our visitor this morning, uh, Evan Vanderberg, Vandenberg, I hope I pronounced that correctly, amen, from Owatonna, Minnesota, thank you so much for being with us this morning, what a privilege it is to have you, amen. <clears throat> Praise God. And now, uh, we are going to have that uh, grill out today. In Jesus' name, because, uh, and you know, we had great weather on the 4th, and you have me to thank for that, because I canceled. If I wouldn't have canceled, we would have had a tornado touchdown right on top of my new grill, and a tsunami wave from Lord knows where would have crashed in on us, Mississippi. But because I canceled, the sky is cleared. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But we're going to have it today, Lord willing. We're going to have a great time. Amen. John chapter 16, verse 33. We'll take our scripture text from there. And then uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Familiar passages to most of us. 
John chapter 16, verse 33, and then Revelation 12 and 11. John 16 and 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, this is Jesus speaking, that in me ye might have peace. In me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And in Revelation 12:11 it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. As Christians today, there are things that we go through, there are situations that we face, and we just we shouldn't be facing them, we shouldn't be going through them, we shouldn't be enduring them, we shouldn't be tolerating them. Amen. We'll be preaching for a few minutes this morning on this topic, Monster Hunters and Dragon Slayers. Monster Hunters and Dragon Slayers. Let's pray one more time. And let's ask the Lord to bless the remainder of His service today. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. I am so thankful for You and for Your so great salvation. I am thankful that this is Your service and not mine. I pray, God, that You would speak to all of us today, that You would minister according to our desperate needs and according to Your perfect will, and above all else, that Your name would be glorified here today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate it when people take the initiative. Amen. <laughs> Don't wait around to be told all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Did you know that there are people in the world today that they don't love their jobs? Can you imagine that? That there are people in the world today that do not look forward to getting up on Monday morning. They do not look forward to driving into work or biking or taking the bus or whatever it is, flying. <clears throat> they don't look forward to it. In fact, they rather look forward to Friday afternoon. And then the weekend. Yay, and then sometime around Sunday evening, maybe in the afternoon, they start thinking, oh, I've got to go back to work again on Monday morning. <clears throat> there is a phrase, I think, I don't think it's original with this uh, actor, but I think he probably popularized it. This phrase that all men die, but few men truly live. It's a line from a movie called Braveheart, William Wallace, the Scotsman. Uh, but uh, in any case, as I said, I don't think it's original there. But in any case, uh, it's an apt phrase. I, I, I like the meaning behind it. You know, the, the idea that there are people just treading water, there are people just Getting up, going to work, coming home. Getting up, going to work, coming home. Until they die. And at some point, most people start thinking, you know, there's, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be a little bit more than just making my boss rich. <clears throat> you know that's what you're doing, right? He's making his boss rich. 
And I love capitalism. I do. And there's a reason the boss is getting rich. is because he's taking more risks. He's, he has more responsibility. But nevertheless, you're still making him rich. He's hiring you for $15 an hour so he can make $25 an hour. Right? <clears throat> so, isn't there more to life than this? Isn't there more to life than just getting a job and making enough money to get by until I die? There are philosophers in the world that have examined this, that have kind of run this to ground, and they've discovered, through whatever means they're employing, uh, logic, philosophy, experience, other people's writings, whatever it may be, that the end of that existence is despair. If this is all we have, if this is all I have to look forward to, that's not a whole lot to go on. The reason suicide rate, I mean, I say the reason, there are many reasons, okay, most issues that we face today are quite a bit more complex than five simple solutions to this, that, and the other, okay? Things are complex, people are complex, but a main factor in the fact that we have this epidemic of suicides today, especially in young people, I can't imagine I can't imagine myself as a young person. I used to be one. Three years ago. <clears throat> Amen. I was younger three years ago. And so, I remember being in, you don't call it junior high anymore, but when I was in school, it was junior high and high school. And uh, I remember I was bullied. I didn't have the best childhood. I didn't have the best family to be a part of. It was a good family, but not a great one. I don't know if there is a great one. Uh, I don't think my family is a great one, and I'm the reason for it. But uh, I had issues. Everybody has issues. But I don't ever remember once thinking about suicide as being an, an option, an answer to that. Today, people think about it all the time, it seems. And I, I don't know why that is, except that people are starting to realize maybe, or maybe they're teaching it more overtly, that we're supposedly this cosmic accident that popped into existence a few million years ago from an ape who popped into existence from a fern who popped into existence from a rock. Again, I'm oversimplifying the idea, but you get the picture. Versus the fact that I was created with purpose and with love by an all-knowing, all-powerful creator. I have no purpose in one worldview. I have an unlimited potential and purpose in another worldview. The humanist, the, the mechanistic, the, the materialist, there is no purpose to life. None. We shouldn't even be here. It's, it's just a freak accident that we're here. And when we die, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to be recycled into a goat or a fern or whatever it is. And that's, that's the end. Well, my name can live on through great works or through my children or, or what. 
How many remember who their great-great-great-great-grandfather is? Anybody remember that person's son? How about their grandson? Okay, so that's not an option. You're going to be forgotten in about a hundred years. So, by works. The works are going to crumble and fall. And who cares anyway? You're gone. Who cares what you did or didn't do? That leads to despair. But I'm telling you, folks, that is not the correct worldview. That is not the truth. The truth is that God created us, and He created us to succeed. He created us to have victory. He created us with purpose. That we could live. That we could live. We don't have to tread water until we're gone, thank goodness. We can live every moment of our lives. We can live it with purpose. We can live it with with victory. We can live it with with. Everything that we imagined life ought to be when we were kids. You remember thinking that. The world is my oyster. I can do whatever I want. Well, that's true, folks. Life and circumstance notwithstanding, that is true. God created each of you to experience exactly that. Everyone was meant to live. Everyone was meant to live life to the fullest. To experience all that God wants for you. So what purpose is that? What purpose did God create us with? Let's explore for a moment what He did not create us to do. He did not create us to just consume. He did not create us to just sit here and take and take and take until I'm gone. He created us. Folks, human beings are the apple of God's eye. We are the pinnacle of God's creation. And that may not sit well with you at first blush. But it's true nonetheless. You are the pinnacle of God's creation. His heart is with you. His eyes are upon you. He is concerned, Brother DeMuth, with everything that you go through. Everything you're doing. Everything. Because He loves you. He loves you more than anything else. He he spoke into existence. And He wants the very best for you. He created you to experience God's very best. But there are, there are many people out there, there are many Christians today who for one reason or another cannot accept that. And they live life treading water. There are people, there are Christians sitting in pews today who are just waiting to die. They're done. They've done everything they're going to do. And they're just waiting to pass on. Let me tell you something, folks. Especially our elders. If you're still breathing, God has a reason for you being here. Young person, you're not too young to start doing something awesome for God. 
because it's not depending on us, is it? The only thing we need to do is tell God, I'm available to be used. I'm available for service to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. That's all He's looking for. He can give you the talent. He's not looking for talent. He's not looking for ability. I'm up here, aren't I? He's definitely not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. That's all He needs. Someone who's available and someone who will just do as He tells them to do. That's it. Those two qualifications will get you as far as you want to go in the kingdom of God. Literally, as far as you want to go. To experience, literally, whatever you want to experience in God. That is open to all of us. But we've got to move forward. We've got to accept the fact first that we were created in the image and likeness of God. We've got to accept the fact that in Him we are kings and priests. We're not paupers. We're not beggars. We're not just waiting around hoping that God drops some table scraps so that I can eat today. That's not God's plan for you. That's not His purpose for us being here. He wants us to experience the fullness of God's blessing. Now, I'm not preaching a blab it and grab it, name it and claim it kind of gospel here. But what I am saying is this. As a child of God, you have covenant promises. And you need to start believing them. And you need to start standing on them. God has given you authority and power to use in His behalf. You need to start using that. Stop accepting everything that comes our way. Start practicing the authority that God's given you. Start believing that I was created for more than this. I was created for so much more. Instead of just accepting life as it is. Satan would love very much for you to accept life as it is. Our enemy would love very much for you to just sit back and take it. Just endure. Endure to the end is what the Scriptures say. And that's true. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. But in the enduring, there's a battle that needs to be fought. Soldiers don't just sit on a battlefield put a bucket down and and put their helmet on and just sit there and hope for the best. I'm just going to endure until this war is over. That's not what soldiers do. Sailors, maybe. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm giving Brother Shepard a hard time. That's not how you fight a battle. You don't just cop a squat and then just wait to the end. Hope I make it. It's not, it doesn't work that way. That was a derogatory phrase. I'm ignorant. I don't know any better. Uh, I don't think it is. I'm going to keep using it until someone tells me otherwise. We got a war to fight. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to have victory. Our purpose is to defeat 
Those that are trying to defeat us. Our purpose is to live up to our potential. Everything that God has invested in us, everything that God has given us, the blessings, the truth that God has given us, His spilt blood that He has covered us with. All of these serve to move us toward one end. To fulfill your purpose, to fulfill your potential. God created you to be victorious. God created you to be a warrior born. And out in the world, folks, there be monsters. All kinds of them. I don't know how you feel about demonic possession. It doesn't matter how you feel and it doesn't matter how I feel. Because it takes place. It takes place today. If you don't believe me, well, let's look at the Scriptures, shall we? What did Jesus deal with? What were the apostles given authority over? Demons and devils. Why? If they don't exist, why? If they're not going to be doing things to us and and toward us, why were we given that authority then? There are demons in the world, folks. There are demons that are coming against you. They're coming against your family. They're coming against the people out there. They're possessing people out there. Some are willing, some are otherwise. This warfare that we're in. Let me take a different tack. The way that God made you, the way that God created you, we are not living up to that. None of us are. None of us are. But we want to. We want to. I so desperately want to. We are called for nothing less than to be Christ-like. We are called to accurately reflect and to demonstrate Jesus Christ to this world. That is our goal. That is our purpose while on earth. That's God's will for all of us. is to accurately reflect and to demonstrate Him to this world. How do we do that? How do we do that? It's a fair question. Some would say, well, we just come to church, we worship, we pray, I read my Bible, I do my devotions, and that's all great, and we need to do all of those things. But is that what Jesus did? Is that all Jesus did? It's not. So then we can conclude there's probably a little bit more involved than just that. Are we doing any more than just that? If we're not, well then let's keep moving forward. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus commission the apostles to do? There's a world to reach. We have family members that need to be reached. There are people that used to come to this church that no longer come for one reason or another. They were offended. Someone taught them 
something different. There are other churches that preach the truth. But here we preach truth. People need to hear truth. They deserve to hear truth. Whether they, whatever they do with it, that's on them. That's their choice. God's given us free moral agency. We have that choice. But there is no choice if we don't know. They've got to know. And they've got to know more than just Jesus loves them and Jesus died for them. That's awesome to know. But they need to know who this Jesus is. He's not just one name among hundreds of names out there. This isn't the same as Buddha. This isn't the same as Islam. It's not. There's power and there's authority in this Gospel message. And it needs to be demonstrated. It needs to be demonstrated by you and by me. And if we're not demonstrating it, we're not giving them all the truth. We're not. We have got to get comfortable with the fact that we are new creatures. We've got to be comfortable with the fact that we are now spiritual creations. And because of that, we are to operate. We are to live and to walk in the Spirit. We've got to be comfortable hearing the voice of God. We've got to be comfortable receiving instructions from the voice of God. We've got to be comfortable when God tells us to do something, we just do it. We're not, was that really God? Maybe it wasn't God. Maybe that was just me. We've all been there. I've been there. Folks, that, that ought not so to be. My sheep hear my voice. I read that about a month ago and something smote me. Do I know God's voice? I don't know that I do. I don't know that that He could wake me up in the middle of the night and and just speak in a still, soft voice and, and I hear and I understand. But I'm wanting to get there. I need to get there. Why do I need to get there? Because that's how... God created me. That's how God instituted this whole thing. I can't do it. You can't do it. But you through God, or God through you, can do anything. Can do anything. But we've got to partner with Him, and we've got to do it His way. We have got to be spiritual creatures. We have got to be comfortable operating in the gifts of the Spirit. We've got to be comfortable with that. Someone, someone gives a tongue an interpretation. I mentioned this at, at camp this week. You should probably go down and clean a commode after that so you don't get a big head over it. I get what they were saying. But on the other side of the story, that should be commonplace. The gifts of the Spirit should be happening all the time and not just here. They should be manifesting themselves at your home, at your workplace, out buying bread, vacuuming the carpet. God should be manifesting Himself through us all the time. And we should be comfortable with that. We have become comfortable with the exact opposite of that. We have become comfortable with the fact that God doesn't use me 
in the gifts of the Spirit. Because it's the United States. And they're not manifest here like they are with the missionaries in third world countries. And we've just come to accept that. I don't want to accept that anymore. That's not the will of God. That's not the plan of God. If I'm operating the way God wants me to, and this church doesn't grow, I'm fine with that. But if I'm not operating the way God wants me to operate, then I can't be fine with anything after that because I'm not doing it according to the plan and will of God. Dare I say I'm being a bit rebellious, stiff-necked, There are dragons to slay, folks. And they're not going to be slain by me or by you. They're going to be slain by God through you. And if this channel isn't properly prepared, if God can't use me the way He needs to, that dragon's not going to get slain. And He's free to roam. And He's free to do whatsoever He chooses to do. Are you okay with that? I'm not. Not anymore. We've got to be spiritual. We've got to live and walk in the Spirit. And we've got to be comfortable doing that. We've got to be comfortable with the idea that when we pray, God is supposed to answer. Not because He owes us anything, but because He promised it. We need to expect an answer. Well, I prayed and it didn't work, so I took care of it myself. That's not the right answer. That's not God's plan. I'm not going to ask the question, but I know some of us struggle with this. Does God answer every prayer? Well, the correct answer that we all know is, yes, He does. But in your heart of hearts, do you truly believe that? Do I believe that? That when I bring something to God, He takes care of it. When I pray, does God answer all the time? Are these promises true? Are they correct? Am I, am I reading them properly? Because in the middle of it, in the thick of the situation, when I need that, when I've got nothing else to stand on, I've got to know that it's going to work. I have got to be sure that I'm placing my confidence, I'm building my life on something true. I'm building my life on something that stands. I've got to know sitting here in the comfort of this place and I'm looking forward to some grilled hamburgers and some fellowship. I don't need it to work right now. Can I be honest with you? I don't need the promises to work right now. Because I'm fine. I don't have a need right now. But when my life falls apart, when I get that phone call in the middle of the night and my life just blows up in my face, That's when I need it. 
Now, we know that we need it all the time, right? We need God all the time, even when I don't feel like I do. I probably need Him all the more right now. We understand that. My point is, I'm not depending on that for my life right now. I'll be just fine. And it's true, if we can take a step back, every belief system, every worldview works when things are easy. Every support system works when there's no weight on it. I could put a piece of cardboard up, and if I'm just putting a paper plate on it, it's strong, it's good. Hey, this is going to work. But if I go to sit on it, I'm going to crush it. It's got to stand the weight. It's got to stand the stress. And this does. This does. And if you haven't had an opportunity to demonstrate that in your life, you will. You will. But there's another component to this. There's another side to the equation. And that's me. God's going to take care of His part. Thank you very much. Don't worry about God. God's going to do His part. He's going to stay faithful. He's been faithful since the creation of, of all things up till this present moment. And He will continue to be faithful on until the end, whenever that may be. I've got to be faithful too. I've got to stay obedient to Him. I've got to stay submitted to Him. I've got to trust Him. We trust the circumstance. We trust the situation. And when it comes between a choice of what God says and what the doctors say, typically we're going to choose what the doctor says. Doctor's a very smart guy, but he's not God. He's not God. He's a man. He's a, he's a woman, just like you and me. They're fallible. They make mistakes, and they don't know everything, and they don't have the whole picture. They're going to do their absolute best. I believe that with all my heart. They went to school for years and years and years. They've got experience in these things. But they're not God. We trust in God. Our hope and our confidence is in God. Our faith is in God. Not in the doctor. Not in the government. Not in Uncle Joey. Not in Mom and Dad. God. My trust isn't in my employer, not in my workplace, not in my paycheck. My trust is in God. And when that's true, when I can trust Him no matter what, no matter what, no matter what I'm looking at, no matter what I'm feeling right now, no matter what I'm experiencing in the moment, when I can set all of that aside and put my eyes rather upon the Lord Jesus Christ and His promises 
and His faithfulness. Everything is okay then. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we are meant to overcome. We are meant to overcome all things through the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and because we love not our lives unto the death. Our calling and election needs to be made sure. It needs to be made sure. We're called for more. Forgive my bluntness. But we are called to be more than what we are right now. And I'm speaking it to me too. The church in the United States is called to be more than it is right now. I thank God for everyone filled with the Holy Ghost, everyone baptized, everyone that comes to a place of repentance, everyone that receives the revelation of truth. I thank God for every single one of them. But there are things transpiring, both secular and spiritual, that ought not be. There are things going on that should not be going on right now. Who's to blame? It's not always profitable to have to place the blame somewhere, but if we would, I would place it at the church. I would place it at our feet. At my feet. saying goes that with awesome power comes awesome responsibility. Uncle Ben. Everyone knows Uncle Ben. But that's true. How much power has God given us? How much power is at our disposal? And how much responsibility do we have to those around us, to this world? How much responsibility do we have to God who gave us the power and the authority? I promise this is going to end on a good note. But for right now, I think it's good from time to time to feel the weight of that responsibility on our shoulders. I think it's good every once in a while for us to be reminded that we have been given much, so very much, and I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about truth. I'm talking about relationship with God. I'm talking about uh, hearing His voice, feeling His presence. I can't. I can't imagine going back to where I was, where God found me where I had no presence of God, where I never heard the voice of God. I can't imagine going back to that. What He has given me is so, so precious. So precious. But because He's given me these things, I have a responsibility to God. I have a responsibility to my fellow man. 
I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. God has transformed me from secular to spiritual. We are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We are remade in His image and in His likeness. And we have got to act accordingly. That old phrase, now old phrase, almost cliche now, what would Jesus do? Not a bad question to ask from time to time. Not recommending buying a bracelet or a necklace or anything like that. Maybe a bumper sticker. You're into that thing. (coughs) But what would Jesus do? When I face this situation or that circumstance, what would Jesus do if He were in this situation? What did He do? Probably, He took authority over it. He answered the situation via the Word of God. And no matter what happened to Jesus, He was always at peace. Jesus had a bigger picture. We can have that same picture. Not the totality of reality that God has, but we can have a bigger picture knowing that this is not all that there is to reality. This is going to pass away. Should the Lord tarry, we are all going to pass away. Sooner or later, we're going to be planted or cremated, whatever it may be. And that's going to be that for this life. This isn't all there is, is it? This body will go into the ground, but my spirit will go to God who made it. That day's coming. And everything, every talent He's given me, parable of the talents, I want to be found faithful with the talents He's given me, with the, with the, the knowledge He's given me, with the, the anointing He's given me with the relationship with Him He's given me. I want to be faithful with that. We were created for so much more. We were created to be like Him. We were created to reflect and to demonstrate Him as He was on earth, so we are to be here today. That's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. We're not God. We're never going to be God. But we are to become like God. We are to reflect Him. We are to demonstrate Him. The ministry that He had is ours today. He said, greater things will ye do. Greater things than He did when He was on earth, He expects us to do. He has commissioned us to have dominion In this world, in our lives, every situation we face, we are to have dominion. We are to be victorious. Understand that, folks. We're not looking for scraps from the Master's table. God has put us in a seat. and He has called us to sit and dine with Him. All of the resources of heaven are at our disposal. You lose your job? Well, thank God. Now God can use you more. Or God can move you to a better job.
Don't look at these situations like they're happening to me. They're, they're just, I'm just a victim here. I hope you know by now how much I hate that word. <clears throat> there are no victims in the kingdom of God, folks. He said this, she did that. You're not a victim. You're at war. And you are called to be victorious in that war. So get up, put the pack back on, and start moving forward in God. Amen. You can do it. God wants you to do it. We ought not be wallowing in self-pity or despair because something happened, something didn't happen. That's fine. Leave that with God and let's go. There's a battle out there to fight. There's a war to be waged. There's victories to experience. There's places in God we have yet to go. Folks, do you understand how little we've experienced of God yet? Do you know just how small of a, of a knowledge we have of the experience of God right now? There's so much more out there for us to experience. There's so much far, we, we can go so much farther in God. If we would. If we would. These experiences we've heard of missionaries, and, and <laughs> I don't even want to say it because it's so incredulous. Some of the things that God has done with His people, used His people in. I haven't seen or experienced any of those things. I want to. I need to. We need to. God created us for more than this. So much more. And it's God's perfect will to get you there. He's going to do everything He can sort of violating your free will. He's going to do everything He can to move you to that place. As much as we want to experience God, God wants it so much more. God wants you to come close to Him so much more. Thank God for a Savior like Jesus Christ. There be monsters out there, folks. And it's our responsibility to slay them. God has commissioned us to do that. To fight for those who can't fight for themselves. To protect those who are at present defenseless. Amen. And we have been so perfectly equipped to do exactly that. Amen. Let's all stand. If we could all come forward. We're going to pray this into our spirits now. Amen. We're all here this morning, while it's yet morning. We're all breathing. We're all alive. We all have hope. We all have choices. We all have a, a, a potential. We all have a future, however short or long that may be. God wants, God wants to take that future. God wants to take that potential. 
and throw you out into the battlefield and, and cause it to absolutely blow up, cause it to explode. You have no idea what God can do through you. You have no idea what He wants to do through you. I don't. I have a pretty big imagination. My mom always told me that. But I have no idea what God wants to do with me in my life. Anything I can imagine. The biggest, most ridiculous thing I can imagine. God's like, is that it? Is that the best you got? I want so much more. I want to do so much more. And He wants that for you. For you. That's why He created you. He didn't create you to just subsist. He didn't create you to just tread water. He didn't create you to endure and to to hopefully make it. He created you to win, to be victorious, to live, to live this life that God gave you to the fullest. The fullest life. speak to everyone present here this morning. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would make us capable of hearing your voice, feeling your touch. Help us, Lord, I pray, to understand. Help us to realize the truth of the situation. You have given us so much, and we have come a certain length of way. But, Lord Jesus, you have created us for so much more. It's not a chastisement. That's a message of hope. That's a message of promise. Thank you, Jesus, that everything I've experienced, the overwhelming presence of God, the overwhelming goodness of God, the truth of God that you've revealed to me has overwhelmed me, has overtaken me, but that's a small thing to you. That's a light thing to you, oh God. You have so much more for us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Minister to us today, I pray. Help us to realize. Help us to settle it in our hearts and in our minds. Help us to settle it in our spirits. That we are the children of the Most High God. That we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we are not paupers. We are not beggars. We are not called to endure. We are not called to to just make it. We are called to win. We are called to be victorious. We are called to live this life to its absolute fullest in you. In you we will have peace. In you we will have peace. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, that you would minister to us today. That you would encourage us in you. Help us to move forward in you. Wherever we're at right now in you, help us to move forward. To continue to move forward. Give us fervency and passion and zeal, I pray, for the things of God and for the Word of God, for a relationship with you. He suffered on a cross and died for that very reason. That I could have a covenant relationship with you. Not a contract, not a a legal piece of paper. 
covenant. That you would be faithful to me unto death. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. That I would be your son. And that you would be my father for all of eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. on top. 
that we weren't called to just sit here and wait around for Jesus to come take us. If that were the case, I'd rather He just took me as soon as I got the Holy Ghost. I have no other purpose than to be saved. His will take me now. At least that way I don't have an opportunity to make dumb choices.
It's not really a barbecue. It's a, it's a grill out. And uh, I think we'll make it, yeah, 1 o'clock? Okay. You're welcome to come anytime, really, uh, but things won't really commence until 1 o'clock. So if you don't know where we live, uh, please get with my wife or I. Uh, we can give you directions. Amen. Looking forward to everyone being there. Everyone. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you so very much.